Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, it's a great day. We're going to hear what we're doing. This We've never done this before. We're going to hear a one kind of central theme of a message broken into four different parts and seven-minute segments that um, I think will inspire you. It'll, it'll build you up. It all talks about who you are and your identity in Christ. So there's some sermon notes there for you to follow along and, and take some notes. And so uh, we're pumped about it. Now, let me just kind of preface this by saying this isn't a competition between these communicators. We are one church in multiple locations, so we're going to celebrate all of them. We're going to cheer them all down. We're going to shout them down like you're shouting me down. Like I want your, I want your involvement in this because these four men, um, I love them so much. They are so, so important to our church and to the life of our church. And they have a word for you today. So we're going to welcome them up. Our first is Pastor Ryan Jennings, who is our South Tampa location pastor. We got Pastor Kenton Martin, who is our St. Pete location pastor. We got Pastor June Tavares, who is our Brandon location pastor. And then we've had Pastor Kyle Williams, who is our Heights location pastor. All right. So they got seven minutes. They're going to give you their, their little introduction, who they are, and then we're going to start the clock. And if they go over, I have the power right here with this. I don't care. No, it's, it's no going over. I'll do that. We have a hook that'll pull them right off the stage. It's all done. And uh, we're going to start it off right. Pastor Ryan Jennings, take it away, ladies and gentlemen. Well, hey, everybody, my name is Ryan Jennings, as he just said, and I have the honor of being your South Tampa location pastor here. And today I want you to know that I am courageous. You can write in your notes, I am courageous. And see, that's the thing that I can stand on the stage right now and confidently say to you, but I want you to know that that, it hasn't always been that way. Like, there's a lot of times in my life where actually there was, a, there was a lot of fear, and you could probably relate to that as well, when you want to go to do something in your life, and you, you should be so excited about it, but so much fear kind of creeps in, and, and that, they, you wouldn't even think about calling yourself courageous. I can actually think of a, a time that this happened in my life about four years ago. I was still active duty in the Air Force at that time as an aircraft mechanic here at McDale Air Force Base and was, was full-time there and also had a part-time job here at Radiant. And so I was working here, just kind of volunteering my time on the side, on the staff, overseeing next steps and, and small groups. And I remember almost exactly four years ago, I found out I was going to a, a six-week leadership school up in Panama City. It's called the NCO Academy. And I was leaving for six weeks. And so it was about the, a week before I left and we were having a staff meeting and Pastor Aaron texted me that day it's always worse when you get this text message, too, instead of the phone call because you don't hear the tone of the voice. He said, hey, we're doing staff meeting tonight. I need you to come over an hour early. I need to talk to you about some stuff. How many of you know your boss tells you to come an hour early to a meeting? Y'all going to talk about some stuff, right? So I started thinking, like, what did I do? Like, you know? And so I get there early, and I sit on this couch, and I, I sit across from him, and he goes, he goes hey, I, I think that, you know, I, I, listen, I know you're in the Air Force. I know you're going to this school. I know things are going great, but I think that you're called to do ministry full-time. And I don't think you're called to do it six years from now when you retire, because I had been in 14 years. He said, I don't think you're called to do it in six years. I think you're called to do it right now. Wow. And he goes, he said, I, when you're gone for six weeks, I want you to pray every single day about what God has for you next, because I think it's Radiant Church. Wow. And so I remember like, hearing that, and I remember being so excited right away, because I knew that was, that was what was next for my life. I knew that's what God had called me to do. And as he said the words and the, the opportunity was presented to me, I was so excited at the opportunity, but I left that meeting and the excitement quickly went away and fear set in when I began to tell myself two words. 
Fear set in when this thing that should have been the best thing ever in my life, fear took it away when I said these two words myself, and the words were, what if? I started saying, what if? And I thought, I thought you know, what if, what if I get out of the military and I give up all these benefits, and what if I don't like it? Like, what if I'm not, what if I'm not as good as I think I am? What if I'm not as good as Pastor Aaron thinks I am? What if I really don't like people? That's not the case. Um, what if they talk me into wearing skinny jeans? It's like, fears realized, everybody. Hey, listen, you wanna know what the definition of courageous is? Is having quads like this and trusting that this material is gonna hold together for the next four minutes and 13 seconds. I can confidently tell you today that I am courageous, okay? But the, the truth is, there were a lot of what if questions and I had fear on doing this thing that I knew was the next thing for my life, I knew it was what God was calling me to do, but so much fear set in. And I felt so alone in this kind of idea of being afraid of doing what God had called me to do, but then I read the Bible, and I see a famous character that we all know, and he did the exact same thing. And it happens in Exodus chapter four. It's the story of Moses. So the chapter is just before this, in Exodus chapter three, Moses has heard the voice of God from a burning bush. And he's called him to go in, in, into Egypt and free the Israelites. It's a big thing. He heard the voice of God from a bush. For thousands of years, people have heard voices from burning bushes. They usually live in Colorado. But like, <laughs> and like those bushes are completely consumed. But in this story, he hears the voice of God from a burning bush that's, that's not consumed. And, and God tells him, you know what the next thing for you is, Moses? You're gonna go to Egypt. You're gonna stand before the Pharaoh and you're gonna free the Israelites, my people. And you would think if you're Moses, like you could put yourself in Moses' spot, you just heard the voice of God from a burning bush. And you think like, all right, I'm ready to go. I'm ready, I'm ready to do what God has for me next. This is the next thing for my life. Let's go do this. But what were the first words out of Moses' mouth? And we find it together in Exodus chapter four and verse one. Moses answered, what if? He just heard the voice of God from a burning bush. And the first thing he says back to God what if? What, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? God, what if they say that you didn't send me? What do I do then? What if? And this thing that should have been so exciting for Moses became so fearful when he said, what if? Wow. He began to fear what God had next for him. And so God said, hey, listen, Moses, I get it. You're afraid of this. I'm asking you to do a big thing. I know you're afraid. So guess what? Real quick, I'm going to show you how faithful I am. And so in the next couple of verses, we see God show Moses not one, but he showed Moses three different miracles. And he said, hey, if they don't believe you, they don't believe that I sent you, show him these three miracles and then they'll believe you. And isn't it interesting that when we, when we get to be fearful in our lives that we forget how faithful God is? And so God showed him three miracles. He said, remember, I'm, I called you to do this. I just showed you that I'm gonna be with you. And you would think now, Moses has to be excited now, right? He's heard the voice of God from a burning bush. He's, God has shown him three different miracles. And you would think that Moses is like, all right, God, let's go do it. But look in verse 10. What's the next thing out of Moses' mouth? The first thing out of his mouth was what if. The next thing he says to God, you can't believe it, because he said, God, I, I feel like you still have the wrong one. Because he says that in verse 10, he said, pardon your servant, Lord, but I've never been eloquent neither in the past nor since you just came to me in this burning bush, and I'm slow of speech and tongue. He began to tell God all the ways that he was unqualified to do what God had just called him to do. And God got a little bit angry with Moses here because he's like, I've, I've just called you. I've shown you that I'm gonna be with you. And look in verse 11. The Lord said to him, 
Who gives human beings their mouths? Who, who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? He said, now go, I will help speak and I will teach you what to say. And here's the thing I want you to understand. If you don't get anything out of this seven minutes, if all you remember is that skinny jeans joke, I'm gonna be so upset with you because I have one thing I want you to get today and it's on the screens that fear comes when we focus on our weakness instead of God's power. When we focus on our inadequacies instead of God's abilities, we're gonna experience fear in our life. And we miss that. We could possibly be missing out on the opportunities that God has for us next in our life. So Moses had a decision to make. Does he live in fear or does he do what God called him to do? In the next couple of chapters, we see Moses standing in front of Pharaoh saying, let my people go. I'm standing on stage at Radiant Church preaching the gospel to you. And I want you to know, I don't know what God has for you next in your life, but I know that you can be courageous, not because of who you are, but because of who God is. Now give God praise for the next two seconds. Wow, what a word. How am I going to follow that up? Well, uh, hey guys, my name is Kenton Martin. I, am the, I have the honor of serving as the St. Pete location pastor. All right, St. Pete. It was so funny to me that in the video, which was really fun to do at Canterbury, we did uh, like a couple weeks ago, Pastor Aaron said that St. Pete is electric, which it is, except for today. <laughs> Ba-doom, right? Not electric today. Yeah, I even said that the future is bright. And the future is bright, but the lights were not bright today. All right. I got more if you want me to keep going. But they're just going to get worse, I promise. Well, I want you to know the title of my sermon today is I Am Committed. That's right. I said I'm committed. I'm committed. Everyone likes to think of themselves as being a committed person. Truth is, we're, this room is full of people that are very non-committal. And before you, before you throw rocks at me, let, me, let me tell you why. We all have done things like this. For example, Netflix. Anyone have Netflix? All right. Maybe you're like me and you have about four or five email addresses and you've used all of them for a 30-day free trial and you cancel it when 30 days is up because you don't want to pay what it costs. All right. You don't want to pay what it costs. How about this one? Um, Maybe you're in here today and you've tried Ancestry.com because you're like, I gotta figure out where I came from, who my people are, where, where did I come from, okay? And you go Ancestry.com, you sign up, I'm doing this, I'm figuring it out, and then 30 days is up and you're like, cancel, I'm not paying for that, who cares where I came from? It doesn't matter if I'm from Africa or Ireland, I ain't paying for that. But here's my favorite, and I know some of y'all in here have tried this too. You sign up for the dating website, you're on match.com, and you're like, this is going great, I'm gonna find my bay. I will pay whatever it costs to find my bay. I'll, pay, I'll go to the ends of the earth. But then 30 days is up, and you're like, $40? I, I ain't spending $40. I am single, I am broke, as a joke, and uh, ain't got a job, ain't got a house. I can't afford to find my bay. So you're like, Jesus, bring my bay. You know, here's, here's, here's what I'm trying to show you is that we, we commit to things until it's gonna cost us something. That is what the human nature is. We will commit until we realize it's gonna cost me. And I would say that most of us in here have this issue. And before you go, no, 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 that's not me. Let me prove it to you. You, you can say, I'm committed. I, I work out every day. I, I'm committed to eating healthy. I'm committed to doing this and doing that. I'm committed to these things. I'm committed to my job, committed to making money, committed to, to saving for retirement. But I would say, here's the issue, is that it's all about you. 
All of things are all about you. And true commitment is going to be commitment that not only costs you, but it's going to be eternal. It's going to have an eternal impact. Let me show you what Paul says in Philippians 3, verse 12 through 14. He says, I press on to take hold of that which for Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself to have taken hold of anything yet. But one thing I do, I will forget what is behind and I will strain forward for what is ahead. I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What is Paul talking about here? He's talking about commitment. He's talking about selling out for something bigger than yourself. He's talking about selling out for something bigger than, than your your the things that are benefiting you, the things that are your habits that are helping you. He's, asking, he's saying, commit to something that's gonna cost you. And the reason we don't, the, the problem with, with that idea of not wanting to pay a price is that it's the opposite of the nature of God. It is the opposite of God's nature. I realize that in Numbers, it says what God's nature is. Listen to what it says, Numbers 23, 19. It says, God is not human that he should lie. He's not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Or... Does he promise and not fulfill? And the answer is no, he doesn't. God keeps his promises. So I realize this, if I'm gonna be a Jesus follower, if you're gonna call yourself a Jesus follower, you've gotta be someone that, that says, you know what, I'm gonna live a life of commitment. I'm gonna live a life of something like, it's gonna cost me, yes, but it's gonna have, I'm gonna have to sacrifice, yes, but it's gonna make an eternal impact. And if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna let my life count, I've gotta get committed. And if you don't catch anything, I want you to catch this, okay? I don't want you to catch Ryan's skinny jean joke either. Please, I would be very mad if you caught it. Here's what I want you to catch. Is, is, is the lack, let me get it right, okay? Write this down. The only limit to your impact is your commitment. The only limit to your impact is your commitment. I run into people all the time. I wanna have an impact. I wanna have an impact. But the limit to that is your commitment. So, but you're asking, well, well, then what can I do to make an eternal impact that will affect the kingdom of God and, and, and I will have an impact? Here's how. Three things in two and a half minutes I'm gonna give you. The first thing is, as a Jesus follower, you must be committed to pursuit. You've got to be committed to pursuit. When I say pursuit, I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus. You, you accept Jesus as your savior, you accept him in your life, or maybe you're trying to figure this thing out and, and, and see what it's all about. Let me, let me tell you something. You've got to commit to pursuing him every day. And, and you're going to go through different feelings of like one day you're feeling it, one day you're not. But you've got to commit to every day pursuing God, no matter, no matter your feelings, because your action is, I'm going to pursue God. Listen, it doesn't matter what your friends think. It doesn't matter what people around you think. It doesn't matter, doesn't matter what your boss thinks or your coworkers think or your family say to you. Listen, you're committed to pursuing Jesus. That's the first thing you've got to commit to. Commit to pursuit. Second thing is, you've got to commit to your purpose. You've got to commit to your purpose. And I know we're sitting here going, man, some of you in here are like, I don't even know what my purpose is. Well, then let me challenge you with this. Commit to finding your purpose. Just commit to finding it. Here at Radiant Church, we're all about finding your purpose. Hashtag next steps. We're always trying to push people to the next steps, right? And you get tired of it. But listen, we want you to find your purpose for your life. I am amazed, consistently amazed, how many people I'll sit with and they'll, they have all these ideas of how they can have an impact. Tell me, tell me, how can I have an impact? And I'll say, well, have you just tried taking next steps and joining a team? And, and next steps, an hour on a Sunday? Oh, that costs me too much. I can't. You bring free lunch? Nope, still costs me too much. What? Free ain't cost you nothing. Or how about this? I'll sit down and I'll say, try leading, try leading a small group. You, you're called to make an impact. Try leading a small group and see what God, oh, that means I have to have people over. I have to have, open up my house. I have to host. We actually have to let down walls. Listen, 
Yes, because to have an impact is gonna cost you something. You've got to commit to pursuing your purpose and doing your purpose for the rest of your life. And the last thing is this, you've gotta commit to praise. I got 40 seconds, let me tell you why. It is easy to come in church and commit to praising God when you're in your church family. I realized something, Jesus is a very popular dude on Sunday mornings, but he's not so popular when you're in your workplace and people are talking bad about Jesus in your church. He's not so popular when you're at home alone struggling with depression and doubt and struggling with addictions. He's not so popular in those moments. So you've gotta commit to this. You've gotta commit to every decision, every action, every deed. My lifestyle will give praise to Jesus and not just through action, but through word. You're gonna talk about Jesus and talk of his faithfulness for the rest of your life and you will have an impact. Oh, I got the horn. <laughs> wow. My name is June Tavares and I serve as the Brandon Location Pastor launching on August 18th. Woo. All right, all right, all right, calm down. The title of my message is I am full. I grew up in a Hispanic household, and one of the things my, yeah, there you go. One of the things my parents were very adamant about is making sure you left nothing on your dinner plate. In other words, my dad would go around saying, hey, we don't waste food around here. Meanwhile, my waist was getting rounder around here. And so that's how we were brought up. We were brought up to get full. And so I remember uh, we went to PDQ, my wife and I, for lunch. I remember it was a Sunday because Chick-fil-A was closed. And I went to, for the chicken tenders. It was a drive-through, and they have options for you at PDQ. You can do the three-piece, you can do the four-piece, or you can do the whopping five-piece chicken tenders. And I thought, go big or go home. I'm going for the five-piece. And so we're driving off, and I found myself doing that. I have doing something that I've never done before. I found myself counting my chicken tenders. And so I counted one, two, three, four. I think my driving is impairing my counting ability. So I turned to my wife. I said, could you please help me count my chicken tenders? And so she counted one, two, three, four. Houston, we have a problem. See, here's the thing you need to know about me. I don't make a big deal out of stuff like that. But these weren't chicken nuggets. How many know there's a difference between a chicken nugget and a chicken tender? And you know, some of you may be sitting here, you maybe feel the same way about life. Like you've been shortchanged by life. Divorce, that's not what I ordered. Depression, you got my order wrong. Abuse, this is someone else's order. You see, certain things have come up in your life that have gotten in the way of what God has ordered for you. But here's the thing. I have some news for you. You haven't been shortchanged. I'll show it to you in scripture. The book of John, chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so I want to share with you two gifts that you have that will help you live a life to the full. The first gift that you have is that you have the gift of access to God. I remember being in college, I got an invitation to attend a prayer breakfast with the President of the United States. I thought, this is a big deal. I got a suit. I wanted to brush up on my politics, so I started watching Fox News and CNN. 
one more than the other, but this is not the time. And so there were a few things that I wanted to bring up to the president. And so I go to this prayer breakfast only to discover that I couldn't even shake his hand. It's funny how we can get so wound up and ready to meet people that are unavailable while at the same time ignore the God that's always available. You know, and you might be in a place where you're just trying to fit in with a group. You're, you're trying to change who you are, trying to change how you look, wearing skinny jeans and all. But come on, aren't you grateful that we have a God that is simply available? He's available when it's 2 o'clock in the morning and you can't get any sleep. He's available when there was no one else to turn to. He's available when you need a shoulder to cry on. Our God is simply available. And so you have an option. You can either focus on the circumstances and feel rejected, or you can choose joy because in Jesus, you have been accepted. You have the gift of access to God. Second gift that you have is that you have the gift of hope. I remember when I was a kid, my parents took me to the store, and I really wanted this car, and so I asked them for it, and that was one of those rare occasions where they said yes. And so I couldn't wait to get back home, open up that that it was a car, and I opened it up only to find pieces of what I actually expected. How many of us have bought into the model of marriage or the model of parenting or the model of dating only to open the box and find pieces of what we actually expected? But here, here's the thing that I've learned. A full life doesn't mean a perfect one, but it does mean a hopeful one. Right? And so, discovering that I was one chicken tender short of my Happy Meal, I decided, you know, I think I should help PDQ out. So, I went ahead and gave him a call, and my wife was like, no, you're, you're not calling for one chicken tender. And, you know, they were very nice about it. They said, you know, come back, come back. We were still in the same street. I didn't, I didn't get home. And, and I decided to go back reluctantly. And... And you know, they didn't just give me one chicken tender, they gave me a whole box of five-piece chicken tenders. That'll preach on its own, but that's not the point. So I'm driving off while my wife is eating from my new piece, new box of chicken tenders. She turned to me and she said, you know, I think you could have gone without that fifth piece of chicken tenders. To which I responded, I just wanted what I paid for. You see, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, your Bible says that you were bought at a price, right? And so you may be right now drowning in addiction because, because you just can't kick the habit or somebody may, may have called you worthless and, or somebody may have been treating you worthless and you just don't know. Some of you are living in shame and condemnation, but I got news for you from Radiant Church today. God wants what he paid for. That joy for your life, God paid for it. That forgiveness for your sins, God paid for it. That salvation for your soul, God paid for it. Come on, who can thank God that Jesus paid the full price so that you can live a full life? God paid for it. Come on, man, oh man, what is up, Radiant Church? Oh my Lord, I'm too excited. Can I have his 44 seconds? I'm just joking. Um, but y'all know I'm low-key serious. Um, shout out to online. Hey, can we just give it up for what God has already said through these amazing men today? 
My name is, in fact, Kyle, and I do get the honor of serving as a Heights location pastor. And uh, we are, in fact, under construction, but God's still moving. Uh, if you have questions, you can holler at me. I'm sure you have thousands. Um, but I'd like to just take a second because I could talk about how great these men are. But what I'd love to do is just shift the focus for a second uh, to our lead pastor. Um, and can I say that the reason that I get a chance to even have uh, <laughs> the arrow. The reason I even get a chance uh, to have a microphone today uh, is because he saw potential. Um, and can I tell you the coolest thing about him, the greatest thing about him, isn't that he was able to have a dream and that his amazing wife supports him and that his kids are beautiful and he actually takes time and takes vacations, even though he's running so fast, uh, to actually love them. And he's a leader, but he sees potential. Uh, can I tell you just one story? I was actually uh, talking to a guy named Reese this week. Um, I talked to Reese and he said, man, you know what? I don't even know what Pastor Aaron knows was my name, but one day I was in the back of the back of the back in South Tampa, and he tapped me on the shoulder. He said, hey, man, you want to come sit with me? He said, started from the back, now we're here. Like, if you can't cheer for, like, I can't, I didn't know he had that much swagger. Um, like, if you can't cheer for a man like that, so he would do it for me if I was speaking, so we're going to do it for him. Would you mind, if you're online, St. Pete, every location, can we stand to our feet and honor the man of God? Oh, we're going to give God our best praise today. For the man of God that we get a chance to serve under. We love you. Awesome. You better not touch that air horn, Pastor Aaron. Um, so, hey, really quick, my sermon title, you can write it down, uh, is called I Am Alive. I Am Alive. Hey, we're going to actually talk about that idea through a story in 1 Kings in chapter 3. And this is important. We're going to actually find two women of the night, and they have this big court case. And it's kind of like Law and Order SVU. It's like a big deal, right? Um, and the reason, dun dun. Anyways, um, and the reason it's so important is because you couldn't just Google Calendar like or Evite uh, King Solomon to a meeting back in the day. You actually had to go through the appellate court and the Supreme Court. So that means that Judge Mathis, uh, Judge Judy, uh, Judge Wapner, shout out to People's Court. Uh, like, none of those people could figure this out. And so now these women have found themselves in front of a king. Let's see what he says. It says, two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, pardon me, my lord. This woman and I live in the same house, and I had a baby when she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. And in verse 19, it says, During the night, this woman's son died because she laid on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I, your servant, was asleep. She put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. So now they're at the king, uh, and they're here, and they're trying to figure it out. And if you jump down, they go, he said, she said, hey, I think it's my baby. I think it's your baby. So in verse 24, he says, I'm going to solve this crazy way. Verse 24, he says, bring me a sword. Wow. That, this time, everybody be quiet. It's time to go. Sorry, I was just joking. Uh, he says, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king, and in verse 25, he says, he gave an order. He said, cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. You know, he couldn't test how much the child loved them, so he tested how much you love the child. Um, I think sometimes God tests us. Like, um, he may not have tested uh, how much your Nintendo 64 loved you, but he'll test how much you love your Nintendo 64. Uh, he may not touch, uh, test uh, how much uh, Netflix loved you, but he can test how much you love Netflix. Continue watching. Let's move on. Now, um, and in verse 26, it said, The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, Please, my Lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, neither I nor you shall have him cut him in two. So the king gave his ruling, give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him because she 
is his mother. We're going to talk about this idea of being alive. God, I thank you for what you're going to say. I thank you that you've already said it. Help me say the words properly and for people to hear exactly what you have for them. In Jesus' name, I pray. Somebody said, have you ever killed someone? Good. No hands raised. That's the way it should be. Okay. I was actually really scared. You never know. Okay. Come as you are, but leave differently. Um, <laughs> what about something? Okay. Uh, me, I killed a plant before. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Peter, people, wherever you are. Forgive me. Um, I killed a plant because they gave me a bean plant project when I was in fourth grade. Anybody remember the bean plant project? The whole point is you put a seed inside of a cup and somehow I'm supposed to praise it to health. I guess I was supposed to water it, but I would wake up on Saturday morning and I'm like, look, it's my Sabbath. God said to keep it holy. So I would roll over and be like, I just can't do it today. I'm not going to water that plant. And then the next week, uh, I would say, okay, I'm going to do it. I got the, all the instructions. And maybe you're in that place where, like, I know exactly what I should be doing, and I have this plant, and I'm supposed to water it. But I'll roll over because I had cartoons to watch. I had cartoons to watch, right? Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! is important in my life at this point. And um, I think some of us are in that place right now where God has given us one of the greatest gifts ever. Maybe he gave you that marriage or he gave you those children or he gave you that job and you continue to roll over on it. So if you want to be alive in Christ, you can write it down. Here's my first point. We have to stop rolling over. And you may be saying, okay, I'm not rolling over on things in my life, Kyle. I'm at church. I'm a good person. Yes. But what about that small group God gave you to lead? And seven people signed up, but only two people showed up. So you came in the next week just judging people. You don't love God. You don't love God. You don't love me. And that's an even bigger problem. Like you came in frustrated and then you rolled over on that blessing or that amazing job that God did give you. I mean, you were praying for manna from heaven. He gave you the manager from hell. And now you're on your third job in three years because nobody respects your authority. Like, I understand. I've been there before. I'm not saying it's just for you. This is a word for me. We have to stop rolling over. You can write down a second point. We have to start respecting opportunities. So if we stop rolling over, then we have to start respecting the opportunity that God has given us. So maybe he only gave you two people in that small group, but the Bible says that a cord of four is not easily broken. So that means that God plus me and those two people, we're going to be the most prayed up people in Tampa Bay. We might start a, revo a revolution just with the four of us. Okay, he gave you that dead-end job and you're working that second shift with that boss that you really don't like and them coworkers that still ain't going to Radiant Church and you've invited them seven times. But maybe you're going to serve the slice of pizza to a mother who's broken and sad and distraught one day, and she doesn't know exactly what to do. And you're going to hand her an invite card and say, you know what? I don't know what to do, but I know a God who does. Like, this is our opportunity. Whew. Somebody say, this is my opportunity. It may look like an obligation, but it's an opportunity. Here's my third note. So maybe you're like, okay. I have to respect opportunities. That's so much fun. Um, but maybe you're feeling like, Kyle, I'm actually the person that is continually being rolled over on. I'm the one that is continually feeling like I'm dead in something. Maybe you're dead in that sin, dead in that addiction. And this is what God reminded me this week as I was struggling. I have a new baby at home. Shout out to baby Nico. You're going to watch this in a few years. Your daddy was kind of cool, right? Um, anyways... <laughs> But uh, I had a new baby, and I get so tired in the morning. I'm like, God, how am I supposed to do my quiet time? And I'm changing diapers. And God said, you're rolling over on one of the biggest opportunities ever to be a minister for your son right now. So it's not just you, it's me. So you can write it down. We have to remember the order. Write this down. Third point, remember the order. And the order is that, very simply, God gave first. God gave first. 
so I am second. And some of us are frustrated because we put ourselves in first place in our own lives. Just like me, you're so tired, you're so frustrated, but God said, I didn't do that. I gave my son. Just like the woman in the story who was wronged, she said, you know what? Don't cut him in two. Whatever it takes, if I have to give my baby away. And so he said, if I had to watch my son die on a cross, if I had to watch him suffocate in his own blood, if I had to watch him pull himself up and say, Father, forgive him of his sins, even though they don't know what they're doing, I would rather give away. So because I gave first, you get to be second. And that's why you can say this sermon title today, that through Christ, I am alive. Somebody give our God a shout of praise today. Woo! Come on, give it up for these location pastors, and they do an awesome job. Love you guys. Amazing, amazing job, amazing job. You may be seated, you may be seated. Hey, right there in your seat, this is gonna be a response time for everybody, and that's those that are watching online, those right in your seats. Why don't you just close your eyes, because I think there's people in here today. You hear these titles, and you, you hear this idea, man, I, I'm courageous, I'm alive, I'm full, I'm committed. You hear these kind of things, you go, Aaron, that doesn't describe my life. These men have described what it means to have a relationship with God. Because not all of them had that title before in their life. You know the real titles we walk in with? There's, I'm sinful, I'm broken, I'm lost. And I think a lot of you guys are walking in with that kind of life and I want you to know you don't have to stay that way. The good news of the gospel is that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I want you to know you can have life today. You can have the name change. The Bible says anybody that's in Christ that puts their trust in him, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. You can be a new creation walking out of here with a brand new label today of who you are in Christ. And if that's you today, you go, Aaron, well, I've never committed my life to Christ. I've never gone fully in on this thing with Jesus. I want you to know you have that opportunity right now in this service with every eye closed, every head bowed. That's you on the count of three. I want you to take that hand, raise it up, wave it at me, put it right back down, and I'm gonna pray for you right there in your seat. Man, it's a simple yet significant way to say, I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I'm giving him my sin, my past. I'm ready to go all in when it comes to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Throw that hand up all over this place. Thank you, 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 thank you. Man, a dozen or so people are already in this room. All in the back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just pray this prayer right in your seat. Just say, God, I give you my life today. I give you my sin, my past, my struggles. Just tell him this. Say, God, make me a new creation. Give me a new label. God, I want to be alive today. I want to be courageous today. I want to be committed today. I want to be full today. I want to have that life that you paid for me to have. Tell him this. I'll follow you, not just today, but for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says... Hey, can we celebrate with a dozen or so people? Oh, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Here's what we want you to do. We're gonna end this service by worshiping God with our generosity. And when that bucket comes by you, if you just made that decision to say yes to Jesus, I want you to take that connection card, check on there, I committed my life to Christ. Man, we're gonna send you some resources. We're gonna help you on this journey. By the way, if you're a guest with us today, don't feel awkward when that bucket comes by. Man, take that connection card, drop it right in there. There's also a spot at the bottom for you to write prayer requests. I want you to know, our team, we read those every single week. We pray over them, we believe in faith. We're still a church that believes in miracles. Can I hear a good amen? So we wanna see that miracle in your life. Write it on there, we wanna pray for you today. Radiant Church, thank you for 
for, guys, for honoring God with your generosity, for giving God your first. Man, thank you for the tithers of this church. Because of that, we are coming up. By the way, September, middle of September, will be our six-year anniversary. That weekend, we'll have four locations running with 12 services and thousands of people. Guys, lives are being changed for eternity because of your generosity and His grace. Thank you for being faithful to God. Thank you for continuing to give. We're making a difference around the world. Lord, bless this offering. Lord, there's so many faithful givers, God. They've been faithful to you, God, even through tough times. And I pray that you would supernaturally pour out provision in their life. Lord, bring them breakthrough bonuses and promotions. Lord, people that are looking for a relationship, they're looking, man, some people that are praying for children, Lord, as they give to you, God, would you open the windows of heaven over their life in ways that they never thought was possible. I pray that they would be blessed and they would prosper in everything that they do. And we believe this in Jesus' name. And if you agree, can you give me a good amen today? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.